Oh, damn. My feet hurt from walking around at the Creation Museum. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, hey there, Casey. Hi. How I'm you doing? here sitting right, I know. right next to you. I know. Yeah. It's awesome. Anyways, <laughs> so today we're going to be going over the Bible stuff again. Uh, we're going to be doing more of the laws and whatnot. So, I mean, we're going to try to make this as not boring as possible. Uh, but today, just to go over all this blue, red tape, purple tape, whatever. Um, so we're going to be talking about sacrifices and offerings. Uh, first thing is burnt offerings. For one thing, we're going to tell you how to burn some herb. And then we're going to tell you how to burn some priests. And then we're going to tell you how to daily burn herbs and priests. You, you are talking and about the, burning Jews. Well, let's not get into the technicalities of it. And then we're going to talk about where where are the designated areas that you can kill shit at, okay? Uh, we need to stop just, like, killing fucking lambs in our front yards. I mean, this is getting ridiculous, people, so we, we need to solve it. And then we have cereal offerings, like Captain Crunch and shit. Um, mainly, uh, you know, flat cakes for some reason. I don't know why we're actually making flat cakes. I... Maybe you stack multiple ones on top and then you put some goat cheese on it or some shit. I don't know. Um, and then we got, looks like, um, salt. I'm not sure what salt is, but I'm sure we'll find out. Salt. I have an F. Well, that's because you're an engineer and you can't write for shit. And then we're going to come up with some instructions on these uh, Captain Crunch offerings. So... If you want to learn more about this, then please stay tuned. <laughs> so, Casey, did I get all of that right? No. Were we talking was, about Captain Crunch? No, babe. That was the worst one ever. What? Yes, that was the worst one you've ever done. <laughs> N no? Yes. No. Oh, yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. I'm fairly certain we're going to be talking about how to burn herb today, which is why everybody is tuning in. We're not talking about burning herb. We're talking about burning herds. Herds? Like whole herds? Well, it's it's offerings from herd. From Oh, from the herd? Yes. Like cows and shit? Bulls and yeah, like, yeah. Why we got? Why can't we just burn herb and forget about killing all the animals? That seems like a bit more peaceful thing to do. That seems like it'd be better. Yeah. Okay. So, enough of this shit. Let's get on into it. What What do we got first? We got burnt offerings. Is yes. that correct? Okay. Yes. So last week, you know, we talked about all of the feast stuff, right? And it explained how all the offerings and it explained how all of the offerings work within the feast structure, right? But all of these feasts are outside of the regular offerings that are required. Okay, so we're going to talk about burnt offerings and what those are and what kinds of burnt offerings they are, the rules for them and everything else. So burnt offerings are continuous sacrifices of unblemished animals, right, without flaw, um, that are completely burned and never eaten. So wait, if you're going to completely burn them and you're not going to eat them, why does it matter if it's cross-eyed? Well, because it's not perfect. It's not your best that you're sacrificing to God. I mean, it's not really much of a sacrifice if you sacrifice. Well, I can just, I can just imagine one. like trying to trying to make a deal with God. Now, listen, God, okay, hear me out. 
The eyes are not going to be included. We're gonna we're gonna chop this motherfucker's head off, okay? So I mean, the 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 cross-eyedness it can I can get a waiver, right? That's can not, I get a waiver? That's not kosher. It's not. Well, but his eyes don't matter. He doesn't have to see his way into the offering because we're gonna lob his head off way before then. That's not how it works. The fuck, God! You tied my hands behind my back here. After the worshiper lays his hands on the animal and it's killed, the blood is sprinkled around the altar for atonement, right? Okay. So in Leviticus is where we go through all of this. Um, So the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tent of the meeting and said, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when any of you brings an offering to the Lord, bring as an offering an animal from either herd or the flock. Okay. Wait, what's the difference here? Between well, so, herd and flock. Well, so herd is like cattle. Okay. Bulls, things like that. Flock is sheep. Oh, okay. So instead goats. of saying, like, bring me either the bull or other cattle or bring me sheep. Or goats. Sheep or goats or flock. Sheep or goats. Okay. So, I mean, they just use flock and, and herd. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So if the offering is a burnt offering from the herd, he is to offer a male without defect. So it has to be men, right? Male, male animals. You, you can't sacrifice female animals because then you can't, you know, make more. Well, right. It wouldn't make sense to kill the females. I mean, it's the same idea behind. The males. Um, you kill the males. Well, yeah, you can't. What I'm saying is you can't kill the females because right. you use them to reproduce. It's the same idea with like um, uh, deer season. You can only kill so many does, and uh, but uh, for the most part, you can kill just a wholesale buck. <laughs> it kind of <laughs> seems, but um, I, I just uh, I find it funny that you know they're they're being so bloody. You know, I don't know anything about hunting season because they don't hunt. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I'm sure I'm sure the Jews here uh, are doing massive amounts of hunting with the herd in the flock to be like get down there all right now we're gonna we're gonna pounce on them okay and we're gonna get them with our staffs they don't have to pounce on them that's not how any of this works you think god would reject one if 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 the nuts like one one is bigger than the other that's not that's not perfect i got a ruler right here it has to be even i don't think that god came down to measure testicles he might have he might have, but I mean, you think God be standing up there? He's looking down at the burnt offering. He's like, "Is that one testicle bigger than the other?" <laughs> I guess. I here's the deal, though. Like, I I've apparently drawn some sort of magical line as to wait a minute. No, that would be crazy. As if all of this <laughs> is not crazy. Right? <laughs> it would just be completely ridiculous if God came down with a ruler and measured dicks, right? Like, I don't. <laughs> That's my line, apparently. A ruler measuring testicles. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. But, you know, it has to be perfect, right? Um, he is to slaughter the young bull before the Lord. Then Aaron's sons and the priest shall bring the blood and sprinkle it against the altar on all sides uh, at the entrance to the tent of the meeting. You're to skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. Then the sons of Aaron, the priest, are to put fire on the altar. And remember, use the right fucking fire, right? 
If you use the wrong fire, he will fucking burn your ass. Literally. Literally. Fireballs up the ass. Yeah. And they will be an equal size, too. Then Aaron's sons have to... (laughs) (laughs) She just now caught it, guys. (laughs) I try to ignore him sometimes. (laughs) But... But then there's just sometimes when I just can't. Okay. So then Aaron's sons have to arrange the pieces, including the head and the fat, on the burning wood that is the altar. He is to wash the inner parts and the legs with water. So you got to, like, get water in there and wash all the innards, right? And that, yeah, now I can see it. God's just like, listen, I can't take you seriously with that cross-eyed looking fucking goat over there, okay? Could you please get me a different offering? I just can't look at its face anymore. Right? <laughs> right. So then uh, they have to burn it all. Um, it's a burnt offering, an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. Because everybody knows cooking meat smells delicious. Right. But please, everybody, just close your eyes for a second and picture this, okay? Okay. You got the Jews that are praising this God, and they're burning the carcasses of animals for no reason at all other than the fact that their God supposedly wants it. Not no reason. Atonement. Well, okay, there's atonement. I mean, uh, for all intents and purposes, like for rational people, it's like there's legit no reason. But anyways, they, they feel like they're atoning for their sins, so they're burning these carcasses. But not only are they burning the carcasses, but they have lost off the heads of these animals, position them, wash the innards and everything like that, and properly displayed them on a sacrificial uh, altar or something yes, like that. with blood sprinkled all around it. With blood sprinkled all around it. If you transpose that to modern times and you walk upon that, you're fucking like, we need to call the FBI up in this bitch because there is a cult (laughs) (laughs) that works here and we need to stop them. Well, the Jews don't do this anymore. Oh, yeah. I think we're going to get to that later, aren't we? I mean, we can do it whenever you want. I mean, I can finish the the offerings part and then we can talk about it, why they don't do it anymore. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. So that is offerings from herd, right? That's for bulls. Offering Herb. Remember that. Herd. Herd. Damn, I keep fucking that up. Sorry. Yes, yes. <laughs> so offerings from flock, which are sheep or goats. Uh, well, technically lambs because they have to be a year old, right? But I don't understand the purpose of burning a lamb and not, like, cooking a lamb and not eating it because lamb is delicious. Well, I mean, I'm guessing that it was just because of the kind of um, flock or whatnot that they had around at the time, you know, when they were making this bullshit up. And it was like, well, what do we got a surplus of? <sighs> Fuck, I don't know. We got a whole lot of goddamn lambs out there. They better have a bunch of lambs. You know why? Because they have to sacrifice. They have to offer two a day. <laughs> good, good Lord. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the offering is a burnt offering from the flock from either sheep or goats. He is to offer a male without defect and slaughter it at the north side of the altar before the Lord. And Aaron's sons, the priest, shall sprinkle the blood against the altar on all sides. He is to cut it into pieces. The priest shall arrange them, including the head and the fat on the burning wood. Uh, wash the inner parts and the legs with water. The priests to bring it are supposed to bring it all to on fire burn it all um it is a burnt offering an offering made by fire an aroma pleasing to the lord what is it with these religions and wasting good things on uh, like like for just that and not like you know feeding hungry people with it because i mean you see it even now i mean churches they'll build these big extravagant 
churches and, you know, they'll like kick homeless people off of their doorsteps and shit or yeah. they'll there was there was this one um this one church out in la where they had these uh, awnings and they put spikes on the concrete like concrete spikes on the well no um no that was actually under uh, uh it, it was it was under overpasses oh where well they, they did do that. it they do it in new york all over the place oh do they mm-hmm. well no this place uh they actually installed a uh water like a sprinkler almost or something like that that would wash away the inside of the awning Mm-hmm. But it also kept homeless people out of out of the awnings so that they couldn't sleep there. Like it would just it would come on like at various times. Don't you love like how humanist churches are? Like they care about people so much that they take care of them and feed them and shit. Well, and this church showered them for free. Well, then I don't know why you're bitching. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up. Offerings from birds. If the offering to the Lord is the burnt offering of birds, he is to to offer a dove or a young pigeon. Now, there are tons of pigeons. I think they would rather offer pigeon, especially because they're burning it all. Uh, Aren't pigeons supposed to be like just like sky rats? Yeah, they're trash birds. Yeah. Yeah. So the priest shall bring it to the altar, ring off the head, basically twist it and tear it off. Right. (laughs) <laughs> that is so fucking savage. Can it you imagine? like a fucking Aussie. Can, can, can you just imagine that? Like on the streets of New York, you just see a Jew reach down, grab a pigeon and like ring its fucking head <laughs> off. Like that would be surreal, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. And then everybody look at him like, what the fuck? And he'd be like, it's fine. It's a sacrifice to God. And everybody would be like, oh, okay. That makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, because, totally. Because you know how everybody like just excuses the behavior of religious people because religion. Of course. Like if anybody else did it, it would be crazy. People could sacrifice lambs on the street and it wouldn't be a problem. I mean, it would now. So, sorry, we got distracted by ringing off its head. Uh, The blood shall be drained out on the side of the altar. He is to remove the crop within its contents and throw it into the east side of the altar where the ashes are, he shall tear it open by the wings, not severing it completely. And then the priest shall burn it on the wood that is on the fire of the altar. It is the burnt offering, an offering made by fire and aroma pleasing to the Lord. <laughs> so you G's <laughs> face right now, he's like mortified. So you wring its head off and then you rip it open by its wings, but not all the way. Like you don't tear it in half. I'm sorry. <clears throat> what you just described is synonymous with a ketchup packet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like one of those ketchup packets where you just can't get the fucker off, like a, a, the tab off or whatnot. Like, yeah. the, you know, you rip it off and then you squeeze it out, you know, I mean, except for the ripping it violently open like that. I don't know who would open a ketchup packet like that. It's not a ketchup packet. It's a bird. This is how you open a bird, John. (laughs) (laughs) I know the fundamental difference in the things that we're talking about here. But I just imagine them wringing the head off and it's like, well, why can't you just Heinz 57 shit out of there? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this was fun. Let's talk about instructions for the priests, right? So Aaron and his sons are in command of all of the offerings. Okay. So is this about killing the priests or? No, we're not killing priests. Oh, man. It seems kind of at this point, it kind of seems like they need to be. I mean, I'm no vegan or nothing, but I mean, this seems to be like crimes against 
uh, animals. Yeah. Well, they don't see it that way. Yeah, I know. Okay. So the priests are in command of doing all of this, right? They have the regulations of how they have to do it. And the burnt offering have to, the burnt offerings have to remain on the altar hearth throughout the night. So they do all of this. They burn the shit. Then they leave it there all night until the morning. And the fire has to be kept burning throughout the night on the altar. So the priests have to put on their linen clothes with their linen undergarments, right? And they have to keep the fire going. And then in the morning, they have to remove the ashes of the burnt offering that the fire has consumed and place them beside the altar. Then you take off the ceremonial clothes and put on other clothes and then carry the ashes outside of the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. And the fire on the altar has to be kept burning and it can't go out. So every morning the priest is to add fire to add firewood to the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. Then the fire has to be kept burning on the altar continuously and never ever go out. What if you like fuck up? Like at uh, the very end of the night, it's like the fire just barely goes out and you restart it real quick. Do you think God notices? Yes. <clears throat> Because he's always watching. No? No, I'm just shaking my head like <laughs> this This is so ridiculous. Like, I just, I don't know. It's just hard for me to buy that they did this every single day of their existence. Yeah, so actually that's what we're talking about next. Continuous daily offerings. So in Numbers, they talk about continuous daily offerings. The Lord said to Moses, give this command to the Israelites and say to them, see that you present to me at the appointed time the food for my offerings made by fire as an aroma pleasing to me. Say to them, this is the offering made by fire that you are to present to the Lord two lambs a year old without defect as a regular burnt offering each day. Prepare one lamb in the morning and the other at twilight together with a grain offering of a tenth, uh, a tenth of an epaph, ephah, ephah. I don't remember how to say this word. Sorry. It's um, a measurement. Two qu- I think it's uh, like two quarts or two liters of uh, fine flour mixed with a quarter of a hen of oil from pressed olives. This is the regular burnt offering instituted at Mount Sinai as a pleasing aroma, an offering made to the Lord by fire. The accompanying drink offering is to be a quarter of a hint of fermented drink with each lamb. So lamb and wine, which is delicious. There's actually, I'm going to get off topic here for a second. I grew up in an Italian family and for Easter, we used to have this dish called called cifechoff. And cifechoff is essentially... All the lamb parts, bones and all, you put it all in a big fucking pot. Not the head, though. Not the head. Not that cross-eyed motherfucker. No, not the head. So you put all this shit in a pot, bones and everything, fat, bones, meat, everything. And um, you fill the pot with wine and you cook it. Lamb and wine and salt, of course, because why not? Um, And you cook the lamb in the red wine. And it is delicious. Really? It just doesn't seem like that would be delicious. I mean, it's like, what parts didn't we use? Well, here's the asshole. Throw it on in there. (laughs) Well, so you put it all, you put it all in there. And the way you serve it is just in a bowl and you take a big fucking ladle and dip the, and the meat just falls right off the bone. So you have like pieces of like just bones in, in your food. So you got to pick those pieces out, right? You got to be careful not to eat the bones. And the meat is just so tender and you've got all the, also the juices, right? The wine, you just take a big fucking ladle and it's like soup kind of. Well, yeah. I mean, of course and then you dip the bread in the wine. And, and of course it's falling off the bone, honey. It's so fucking sloshed. It can't stand upright. <laughs> 
It's good. <laughs> All right, we'll go out and slaughter a lamb tonight and have that shit. Okay, but it takes a long time to make two fish off, so you got to start it in the morning and it cooks all day. Oh, okay. Well, we'll kill one tonight and atone for our sins and then, you know. Do the twilight sacrifice yeah. and then, okay. Where are we going to find a lamb? I don't know. We could probably steal one from, never mind. <laughs> the The lawyers would like to say that we don't steal um, we animals don't, from people. We don't steal lambs from Mexicans. Mexicans have lambs? Like, they just keep they lambs? They have goats, but, I mean, a figured flock, goats, lamb, I mean, it's Mexicans kinda... have goats? Oh, yeah. You didn't know that? They'll have goats. Like, I've been... <clears throat> I thought they had mules. Well, oh, well, I mean, oh, all right, stereotype. Well... <laughs> no, when I, was living, when I was living in my hometown, I mean, I would drive through certain areas of the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and you'd hear a... Blurp! What? It, it would be a goat bleat. And yeah, they would have a goat strung up out back. And I remember my Straight, grandfather. Wait, er, er, strung up? Well, yeah, like just a string and it's tied to like the fence or something. Oh, not like strung up in a tree, like tethered to something. Yeah, I mean. It you would, said strung up. It would eventually get strung up. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, uh, but I mean, my grandfather would be like, you know why they have those, right? I'd be like, no, sir. Oh, that's because they they kill them and cook them right there. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that's crazy. I have never heard of Mexicans keeping goats so they can kill them and eat them. You're, I think your grand. I mean, not to say anything bad about your family, but I think your grandfather might have been a little off. Oh no, they were totes racists. So I mean, I, my my information is definitely not. And, and the only on people, fleek. the only people around here I have seen that have fucking mules and goats and shit in their yard live in homes that are falling apart, and they are not Mexicans. They're they're totes one hundred percent Alabama homeboy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't know why they would have a goat. <laughs> I really don't. The old neighborhood I used to live in, the guy at the end, like the end, like there was the entrance of the neighborhood and he lived right across the street because here in Alabama, we have no zoning laws. So you can have like $200,000, $250,000 homes right across the street from a dilapidated barn falling in on itself. Well, if you're not part of like a, um, uh, was it a? Well, homeowners can, association. Oh, yeah. But, but what I was saying is it's across the street from the neighborhood <clears throat> or like you can have a home right next to a business like it's super weird anyway um so yeah this guy right at the end of the street right out just outside of the neighborhood across the road the house was falling in on itself there was like this barn that was like really a half of a barn and he had like a miniature horse and a mule and a few other kinds of animals just like in the fucking yard and it was very bizarre anyway story time with casey (laughs) um so continuous daily offering so pour out the drink offering to the lord at the sanctuary prepare the second lamb at twilight along with sorry i had to switch pages here along with the same kind of grain offering and drink offering that you prepare in the morning so you get drunk in the morning and you get drunk at night because that's what you have to do to be able to live by these laws this is an offering made by fire and aroma pleasing to the lord okay so here's the kicker (laughs) certain sacrifices burnt offering and sacrificings sacrificings sacrifices have to be made at the temple okay so if you don't bring your sacrifice to the tent of the meeting to the holy place that god has chosen the person must be cut off from their people they're not killed they're just excommunicated yeah yeah well i mean fuck those people right yeah. So do we want to talk now about why it is that Jews don't do this anymore? I mean, I'm kind of curious why I don't see, like, um, I don't know, 
um, Goldstein out in his front yard. Why did you just? Why couldn't you just say juice? I don't know why I don't see Goldstein out in his yard <laughs> sacrificing part of his flock. Okay, well, so part of that is because of what I just said. You have your sacrifices to God have to be made at the temple. Okay. Okay. Well, Jews don't have one of those anymore. Okay. Ooh. So initially the temple was traveling, right? Remember they had the, everything on poles that they could carry everywhere. Well, yeah, that was because they were nomadic. Yeah. yeah. So when they weren't anymore, they built a temple and all of the sacrifices were made at the temple. Well, the temple was burnt down. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it was just the- <laughs> PETA went back in time. Fucked them over. So they built the temple. And once the holy temple was built, Jews were no longer permitted to um, to to make sacrifices anywhere other than the holy temple. Well, so uh, another thing is that once the holy temple was built, the laws of all previous er eras, as far as like traveling stuff and all those things, all of that was null. Right. And void because they had a holy temple. Uh, Did God say that? The Torah says that. Well, okay, but does God say that in the Torah, you think? Well, the Torah says it, and the Torah is the word of God, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, like, um, I don't know, there's like that distinction that was made with Moses and killing the Midianites or whatnot. Like, part of it was, like, one of the apologetics was part of it was Moses and the other part was God. Yeah, well, so I, I I'm not familiar enough with the Torah to really answer that question. Um, okay, well, no, I mean that's that just specific. Well, I mean question. that that's just one question that I have, like whether or not that was something deemed. I would guess that it would be deemed by God, but then again, you know. Yeah, that would be my assum- that would be my assumption, but I I don't know for yeah. certain to answer that. So the first holy temple was destroyed, and there was no place to bring sacrifices anymore. So at that time, uh, the church leaders, the the rabbis, um, forbade everyone from sacrifices. You weren't allowed to bring sacrifices because there was nowhere to bring them, because there was only one place that was allowed um, for sacrificing, mm-hmm. and it no longer existed. So. Eventually, they rebuilt the Holy Temple, and they were... If you build it, they will sacrifice. Yes. So (laughs) they were allowed to sacrifice again, right? To atone for their sins. So the Romans burnt down the second temple. Fucking Romans. So so they were no longer, again, allowed to sacrifice anything. Just, Just so you guys know, this is the burning of the temple that is prophesied in Mark. And that's how we know Mark was written around 70 AD. Okay, so once once the second temple was burnt down, the rabbis at the time told the Jews that there was no end in sight to their um, exile because that's that's what they called it when there's not a holy temple. The Jews are exiled. Um, They're separated from their holy place. So now the the holy there is no holy temple and the holy temple won't be rebuilt until the Messiah comes. And there's a lot of reasons for this. Okay, which I have I've learned this is not stuff I just know off the top. Right. So they now we don't see Jews sacrificing animals because they're not allowed to. They're not allowed to because there isn't a holy temple to bring their sacrifices to. So that's the short answer. So next question, right, is, well, why don't they just rebuild a holy temple? Mm -hmm. That would make sense so they can follow their laws. So the main reason that they don't rebuild their holy temple is because the Muslims have control over Temple Mount and have mosques there. So the Jews can't build 
their temple because it has to be built in a specific place and the Muslims control the place, right? Specific place, no cross-eyed animals, no <laughs> no animals with like unlevel nuts. I mean, he's really <laughs> tying our hands behind our backs here. Well, so it would be dangerous to the Jews to forcibly take the the mosque, destroy it and build their temple on on Temple Mount. That would be a mistake. That would be dangerous to their population because they wouldn't be safe because Muslims would come after, come after them, right? And we'd be in a serious religious war. So there are lots of other issues besides that. When, when the Messiah comes, of course, it's going to be resolved peacefully and everybody's going to be happy with the outcome. Um, well, I mean, not exactly. When the Messiah comes, he's going to kill everybody but the Christians. And then he rolls on earth for a thousand years. Not um, not the Jew Messiah. Oh, the Jew Messiah. My we're, bad. we're talking Torah here because we're talking Sorry. about the Jew law. My bad. My bad. Right. So here are some other some of the other issues that that we have with not rebuilding the temple, even if they could get every Muslim in the entire world to agree to give the Jews back Temple Mount and allow the Jews to destroy their holy of places and rebuild their whole the Jewish holy temple there. Good luck. Those motherfuckers blow up for their savior. So, so here are some other issues. It would be forbidden for any Jew to enter the precise area where the holy temple used to be because all Jews are ritually impure. So they would be violating a biblical prohibition that's punishable by death if they even went there. So in order for them to become ritually pure, they have to basically have the ashes of a red cow administered by a Cohen or a priest. All right. A red cow. None of them blue cows. Okay. (laughs) Purple cows. You take that purple cow shit out of here. Okay, so assume now we have the area of the Temple Mount. We have that. They can build there. They've they've administered the ritual, and they're pure. So they have to have an altar. Pure as Arians. <laughs> but they can't have any altar, right? So they have to rebuild it. But but the location of the altar is also a problem. The law is very precise on exactly where the altar has to be. Um, and it's forbidden to place the altar anywhere other than that exact place. So when the Jews, when the Jewish leadership built the second holy temple, they had to find reliable witnesses who could testify to the exact spot. And they found three. Okay. And they were prophets. How could you find wait, three exact spots or no, three no, witnesses? Three witnesses, three witnesses who were prophets. Okay. Okay. Um, but there are no prophets like that in existence today. They, they, they don't, they're not alive. They can't attest to where it was. And there, and there's, there aren't any. My guess is, is that no prophets, no prophets existed then either. Well, so until they have a prophet, which they assume will be Elijah, right? That's what they think is going to happen, uh, comes and tells them where to build the altar they can't build the altar, okay? Okay, so they think that Elijah's going to be coming back to tell them? Yes. That's really interesting because Jesus is often portrayed in the same manner as Elijah. And, and oftentimes uh, Elijah is used for the character of the Messiah in the New Testament. Um, often parallels Jesus and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a connection there between Elijah and, and Jesus. Yes. Okay, so now let's assume they can get the altar location or well they can get 
the Temple Mount from the Muslims. They become ritually pure. They can build an altar. They know the precise location where to build it. They still have to have a Cohen or a priest, you know, a rabbi who is genial genealogy can be determined absolutely and verified back to Aaron. Okay. If their genealogy is any better than Jesus in the New Testament, <laughs> I mean, I think they can just make shit up. So the next problem is that they have to appoint a high priest or all services are forbidden because no one can do it except for a high priest. To appoint a high priest, they have to have a Sanhedrin, which is a body of 71 ordained rabbis acting as the Supreme Court of the people of Israel. Well, they can't assemble a Sanhedrin because it has to consist of rabbis ordained with the Mosaic ordination, which is transmitted from rabbi to rabbi since Moses. However, the Mosaic ordination ceased to exist in 358 because of the persecution, because Constantine persecuting, right, um, the Jews. Like Hitler? Well, yeah, I guess. So, sort of not exactly the same. Um, so then there are other laws that they're going to have issues with. Priestly garments, the exact measurements of the temple area, and all kinds of other things that are undetermined and they don't have the exact answers. And if they do it wrong, you already know, based on what we've read, they're going to get fucked up, right? <laughs> so here's the other thing. The Torah doesn't even consider it a requirement to rebuild the holy temple until all of the children of Israel live in the land of Israel. So basically, every Jew in the entire world has to go back to Israel. Uh, go back to Israel. I don't know. That sounds a little too close to like go back to Africa. <laughs> Not the same thing, but I get, I get, I get your parallel there. Um, and then the tribes of Israel have to be reconvened. Okay, so assume all of these things have taken place. Then they can, you know, bring peace to the world and restore everything and whatever. Here's the point. There are apparently nine million reasons why the Jews are completely unable to sacrifice um, animals to God anymore. And none of them have to do with the fact that it's a biohazard or um, just not not sustainable, frankly. Yeah, I was going to say feasible. Yeah. So th those are some of the reasons why. In the meantime, they can atone for their sins through prayer. So now why was Jesus needed? What the hell are you talking about? Well, I'm just kind of curious with Christianity, we're reading out of the Old Testament, if the only way that or the way that they atone for their sins now is through prayer, which I mean, that's what Christians do. They pray for forgiveness. Well, that's not how they atone for their sins at the time that this was written. Oh, no, 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 I'm not saying that. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm confused. Well, it's just that they came up with the myth of Jesus in order to solve the problem, you know, in Judaism, basically, of, of these constant atonement rituals and all that. Like, people were getting fed up with it, and so you had these different um, sects that were created where the Messiah came. Yeah. And atone for their sins so that all they have to do is do relatively very little <laughs> sacrificing. <laughs> yeah. And even then it was just bread and like grapes that they sacrificed. Um, but they, they fixed it there. But apparently all you needed to do was destroy the Jews temple, the source of all their power. <laughs> and the, I mean, it's just now you just pray. I don't know. This seems odd. 
Well, you don't say. <laughs> this is your odd line. Uh, uh, well, of course, uh, just just so that you guys understand, uh, Christianity developed uh, between zero A.D. and like thirty three A.D. So I mean, like you're looking about that time period in which the Christianity was developing. So it the the um, temple wasn't destroyed until 70. Uh, and of course you had Paul that was writing in the fifties. So, I mean, Christianity was already being established. They didn't know that it was going to be destroyed and they could just pray. So, I mean, just in case you guys are wondering about that particular portion and how that affects my mythicist side. Oh yeah. Cause I know everybody cares about my mythicist side. <laughs> everybody, honey, everybody, uh, cares every about single, mythicism. I know every one of you do. Yes. So now that we've established why it is that Jewish people now don't sacrifice two lambs a day and, you know, why they don't have to. Because before with these the feasts we talked about last week, they were required to go to the Holy Temple, you know, the place that God decided they were required to go to that three times a year for their feasts. So because that's the only place where they were allowed to do their sacrifices. So they they also don't um, they don't do that. I okay. So now we can. Do you want to move on to cereal offerings? Cereal like mm-hmm. Captain Crunch and shit. No. Oh. Cereal offerings are given as an expression of devotion. They are made of vegetables or other crops and cooked according to specific instructions, but never mixed with either honey or leaven yeast. Right. Everything has to be unleavened um, because those things will make the meal spoil. Okay. Yeah. We don't want to spoil that food now for the Lord. And you offer grain. You want to know why? Why? To bring special blessings upon your entire crop. All right. So you've got to offer fruity pebbles (laughs) and whole grain wheat. Like the, what's the, what's the whole grain? the shredded wheat? Yeah, the shredded wheat. What's that called? Special K? Oh, no. Shredded wheat is like, that's, it's called shredded wheat. Oh, is it called shredded wheat? Okay. Special K is not shredded wheat and, and special K is made of rice. Oh, okay. Um, so in Leviticus, that's, you know, that's where you're going to get most of this. So first we're going to talk about flour, oil, and frankincense. When someone brings a grain offering to the Lord, the offering is to be of fine flour. He is to pour oil on it, put incense on it, and take it to Aaron's sons, the priests. The priest shall take a handful of the fine flour and oil together with all of the incense and burn this as a memorial portion on the altar, an offering made by fire and aroma pleasing to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering belongs to Aaron and his sons and is most holy and is a most holy part of the offering made to the Lord by fire. Okay, so then we're going to move into unleavened cakes. If you bring a grain offering baked in an oven, it is to consist of fine flour, cakes made without yeast, and mixed with oil, and or wafers made without yeast, and spread with oil. If your grain offering is prepared on a griddle, it is to be made of fine flour mixed with oil and without yeast. Crumble it and pour oil on it. It is a grain offering. If your grain offering is cooked in a pan, it is to be made of fine flour and oil. Bring the grain offering made of these things to the Lord, present it to the high priest who shall take it to the altar. He shall take it out of the memorial portion from the grain offering and burn it on the altar as an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering belongs to Aaron and his sons. It is the most holy part of offerings made to the Lord by fire. You know, the, the aroma pleasing to the Lord is a very common theme throughout this. I'm wondering if <clears throat> the sacrificial times are actually just times when G, when when God takes a dump. 
And he just, I, he's like, I need he's something. He's like twice a day. Yeah. This twi- is my morning schedule and my twilight schedule. Yeah. You guys know it. <laughs> just make sure you have the meat burning then because woo, you do not want to smell what I just laid over Africa. Oh God. Why? Because God shits on Africans all the time. It's not false. It is false. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from a biblical point of view, honey. Okay. Um, so that's unleavened cakes. Now we're going to move on to salt. Every grain offering you bring to the Lord must be made without yeast, for you are not to burn any yeast or honey in an offering made to the Lord by fire. You may bring them to the Lord as an offering of the first fruits, but they are not to be offered on the altar as a pleasing aroma. Season all of your grain offerings with salt. Do not leave the salt of the covenant of your God out of your grain offerings. Add salt to all of your offerings. So everything has to have salt. We just want to reinforce here. The salt is very fucking important. Yes. Don't miss the fucking salt or God will have a fucking field day. Well, part of the reason why they put part of the reason why they put the salt, right, is as a preservative. So if you if you think about it, the priests are getting the majority of this. They're doing a, they're taking part of it and, and doing the whole ritual burning part. But then the rest of it they're taking to keep and eat for themselves. So they can't have anything that will spoil. And so if they're getting this from all of the Israelites, they need to be able to have food that is preserved for them to eat. So salt, no, no, no honey, no leaven, no yeast so that the shit won't spoil. Well, now that's a completely rational, reasonable and natural explanation. But nope, it's because of God that we do this. Okay. Yep. God and only God. Yep. God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so first fruits. If you bring a grain offering of first fruits to the Lord, offer crushed heads of new grain roasted in the fire. Put oil and incense on it. It is a grain offering. The priest shall burn the memorial portion of the crushed grain and oil together with all the incense as an offering made to the Lord by fire. And then, of course, they get to keep the rest. Okay, instructions for priests. These are the regulations for the grain offering. Aaron's sons are to bring it before the Lord in front of the altar. The priest is to take a handful of fine flour and oil together with all of the incense on the grain offering and burn it, um, the memorial portion, of course, on the altar as an aroma pleasing to the Lord. Aaron and his son shall eat the rest of it, but it is to be eaten without yeast and in a holy place. They are to eat it in the courtyard of the tent of the meeting. It must not be baked with yeast. I have given it as their share of the offerings made to me by fire. Like the sin offering and the guilt offering, it is most holy. Any male descendant of Aaron may eat it, but nobody else. Okay. Um, It is his regular share of offerings made to the Lord by fire for generations to come. Whatever touches them will become holy. The Lord also said to Moses, this is the offering Aaron and his sons are to bring to the Lord on the day he is anointed, a tenth of an Epaph, I still, I don't know how to say this word, of fine flour as a regular grain offering, half of it in the morning and half of it in the evening. Prepare it with oil on a griddle because it matters to him what kind of fucking pan you cook in. Bring it well mixed and present the grain offering broken in pieces as an aroma pleasing to the Lord. The son who is to succeed him as an as an anointed priest shall prepare it. It is the Lord's regular share and is to be burned completely. Every grain offering of a priest shall be burned completely and it must not be eaten. 
right? So then in numbers, there is a specific type for each kind of animal that they go through. Okay. Yeah. So the Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, after you enter the land, I am giving you as a home and you present the Lord offerings made by fire from the herd or flock as an aroma pleasing to the Lord, whether burnt offerings or sacrifices for special vows or free will offerings or festival offerings, then the one who brings his offering shall present it to the, shall present to the Lord a grain offering of fine flour mixed with a quarter of a hin of oil with each lamb for the burned offering or the sacrifice, prepare a quarter of a hin of wine as a drink. So it's like here, make sure you bring your meat and the side and the beverage. Bring it all, right? Wait, Don't leave bring, me thirsty. Bring my my meat? The meat and the sides. <laughs> He just winked at me. <laughs> Sorry, that was a that was a tick, and you know it just happens. Oh yeah, yeah. It had nothing it to do with my meat. No, he did. He did it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, and then it tells you how to do it, how to do this with a ram and how much you're supposed to bring a fine flour and how much oil you're supposed to mix it with and all that shit. Does the same for a bowl. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't think we need to go through how the measurements and shit, right? Y'all aren't going to be going and sacrificing this shit. Uh, our lawyers want us to advise you to not sacrifice any animals, um, ever anywhere. That yeah. is the sign of a psychopath. <laughs> so everyone who is native born has to do these things. Okay. Um, but guests, aliens, or anyone else living among you have to follow the rules too. So if they're going to present an offering, they have to follow it exactly as the Israelites were required to do it. Okay. <clears throat> and the last thing we're going to talk about today is a coarse meal offering. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when you enter the land to which I am taking you and you eat the food of the land, present a portion of an offering to the Lord, present a cake from the first of your ground meal and present it as an offering from the threshing, threshing fl floor, from the threshing floor. Is that Sorry. where they kill all the goats and shit? I don't know. Throughout the generations to come, you are to give this offering to the Lord from the first of your ground meal. It's like when you grind, like when you grind up yeah. corn and shit. Uh, this this is way too much blue tape and red tape and orange tape for me. <laughs> I mean, honestly, do they seriously expect all these Jews to like have like a little manual? It's like, all right, now two steps to the left, two steps to the right, clap your hands, turn around. And that's called the Jewy dance. Oh, God, you didn't just say that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In, in short, yes. That, that is exactly what is expected. Besides the whole dance thing, yeah, they have to remember all of these things me? and do them. If I was as crazy as these fucking Jews in this <laughs> book, I would definitely dance my ass off. It's like, listen, I already gave you the goat that's not cross-eyed. You can allow me to twerk a little bit. <laughs> I, I don't think that's how it works. So that's all for this time. Next time, we're going to talk about peace offerings and how to do all of that, whether you're cattle, sheep, goats, whatever. We're going to talk about offerings of Thanksgiving, how, free will offerings. How, how ironic is it that you have peace offerings that are like sacrifices of like slaughtered animals? Yeah, I know. It's weird, right? Yeah, that just doesn't make sense. But I guess we'll get into it next time. But they do it. They talk about cleanness um, and, you know, this cleanness, cl cleanness is of how you prepare it is part of the kosher deal. Um, they talk about, you know, of course, the portion that you give the priest.
priests because you have to give a portion to the priests. Um, we're also going to talk about sin offerings and how they work. Um, and yeah, that's what we're going to go over next time. Okay. Well, awesome. I cannot wait for next time when we talk <laughs> about more laws. Yeah. We're going to be talking about laws for a while. That has so much joy in me that I don't even know how to react. But look, at least we're going through and teaching people something. I mean... Today we learned about <laughs> that Jews are fucking psychopathic <laughs> as shit. They're not. Just this book is crazy. <laughs> who do you think wrote the book, honey? I well, we don't know who wrote the book. Well, obviously, at least Jews would have wrote the book. Well, we know Moses didn't write the book. That's what we know. The books of Moses were not written by Moses. Well, no, but I mean, <laughs> like the Sanhedrin's fucks and mm -hmm. like the pre. It, to me, it sounds like the fucking priests that were ruling over everything yes. and getting all the free food. Yeah, kind of seems like they would be in the prime position for all that yes, shit. Yes, exactly. The councils wrote this shit. Mm -hmm. The people who wanted the population to behave as they wanted them to behave to think how they wanted them to think to bring them their gold and their food and their yarn so for clothes and everything else yes those the people in power wanted everybody else to provide their life for them okay i mean it just seems like oh god told us to do this oh yeah well i mean how do you know it was god well we heard it <laughs> I don't know how you can argue with that, motherfucker. Now hurry up and sacrifice your shit. Well, I mean, they believed in prophets. They believed that there were people who, you know, communed directly with God and people who God spoke to. And, you know, that's just what they believed. So when people told them that, they didn't have any proof otherwise. And so they believed it. I mean, why not? I mean, they're, they're believing a whole bunch of other shit. Like, well, the punishment God. was pretty harsh. <laughs> I mean, true. <laughs> Believe it or you will fucking be killed. I mean, yeah. that's you know, honestly to survive. That's kind of what they had to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm not exactly blaming them, but I mean, damn. Yeah. Uh, have, have some respect for yourself. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I guess we'll be seeing you heathens later. Yeah. Don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all. <laughs>